Someone was out throwing a spear last weekend, but what did you do? They were at a Spartan obstacle race. There's 5K, 10K, half marathon, and even longer races. But with obstacles along the way, wall climbs, monkey bars, barbed wire, and yes, even spear throws, it's incredible. The people, the energy, the support, the camaraderie, even the course itself, I promise you'll be glad you took it on. Race with your friends, coworkers, even by yourself. You'll make new friends on the course. I have a limited amount of of free races to give away with Spartan this year. If you want to change your life with one simple move, make a public commitment and put a date on the calendar. All you need to do is post a video or photo of yourself training for you and your Spartan race. Use the hashtag Spartan training and tag at Spartan. Tag us too and make sure you send me a screen grab and I will give you a code for a free Spartan race. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at orcacoolers.com. And what better way to go into the summer than with a new cooler or a chaser, traveler, camper, barrel, all the good things that they have at Orca Coolers, all the different ways you can hold your drinks. And then you can put your drinks in those roto molded coolers. Make sure to use code DADSEASON for 20% off your order. That's code DADSEASON for 20% off your order at orcacoolers.com. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at distilleryproducts.com, the best place to go for wholesale pricing on laser edge glassware, other swag like flasks and cool things there. They have those mirror tumblers that are good too. Make sure to reach out to me. I'd love to get you in touch with Carson, Janie, Vicky, all the good folks at distilleryproducts.com. That's where we use for our glasses. You should use them too. If you're a podcast, a distillery, a blog, maybe you're a bourbon group, go ahead and use distilleryproducts.com. All right, I'll give you an option here because I've been heavy on the rewatchables here lately. Not actually not heavy, but I caught up on two really good movies I always liked. So you can go with kind of like an oh wow moment that'll lead you to some discussion, or I can throw out a question that I feel like begets a, a, a fair amount of uh, pondering or discussion. Oh, this is tough. Like, I almost wish you would tell me what the movies were, or is it the same movie? I can tell you that it's Beverly Hills Cop 2 or A League of Their Own. Those are the two shows I listened to this week. <sighs> Both of them are good movies. They are. And you know I love Beverly Hills Cop, but I've also, you know, A League of Their Own, to steal credit from the rewatchable show, literally, like, to be a movie about women playing baseball, there's no way it doesn't resonate to anyone that was ever mildly an athlete gets into sports competitive etc i was very heavily invested in the kit and dotty relationship where you know like you think about it it's the end of the game and dotty takes one for her little sister and lets does the ball she? go oh she does. does she this is like I, i'm with you but I've pinged this off some people this week. Was this going to be your question? Yes. I guessed the question without does, even does knowing. She, does she knock the ball out or does Dottie let it trickle out intentionally? A hundred percent Dottie lets that ball go. That's what I've always thought too. There is no way the best player in the history of women's baseball in movie land would have dropped that ball. Like the two compelling things they pitched back and forth were, you know, earlier in the movie, it shows her getting, you know, trucked at home plate, has no problem holding on to the ball. But then kind of the counter was, well, think about it before the bat. You know, she calls time and walks up to the mound, tells the pitcher, give her the high, the high heat. She can't lay off of it. The one point they didn't make and that I kind of, you know, where I've always thought of this was, okay, the pitcher does it. 
And, you know, even the, the opening scene is, well, you shouldn't be swinging at those. You know, that, that's early on in the movie. The fact that she managed to adapt and learn to hit the things, like she overcame maybe the worst part of her game. She hit in high heat. I think that's what clicked in her head of like, hey, my kid sister's finally paying attention and learning, not just being, you know, stubborn, spoiled idiot. And she had the audacity to try and truck me at home plate. You know what? She's been jelly forever of me, but she finally actually accomplished something. I'm going to give her this one. You watch that whole game, and it's been a minute since I've watched A League of Their Own, but you watch that whole game, and Kit is just fuming, right? Throughout the whole movie, Kit's just going deeper in a hole. Like, she's very confident with her game with everyone else, but when it comes to her sister, her sister lives in her head. Her sister has set up camp, has a fire going, she's roasted marshmallows, she's right at home in her head. I think Dottie realizes that if she doesn't give Kit this, Kit will never recover. Yeah. And, and, you know, to like compound that with it's a sibling and the older sibling, that's always just an instant rivalry, no matter what. So I think when you throw that element in there too, it's like nature had already dictated. She was probably going to feel a little inferior to this person her entire life to some degree. And they kind of played up to like the fact that, how like spoiled she may or may not have been and, and, you know, almost like a millennial, but in the forties. But I thought that was kind of, a, I guess, a misdiagnosis. Cause again, literally she was the better athlete, better player. And also the older sibling that's going to F with people. <laughs> no, I don't think she was spoiled. I think Dottie just had to be the professional buttoned up. Like Kit could let loose and Kit as the younger sibling was able to kind of be a little bit more of a brat where Dottie had to be the adult always. If you think about even on the team and what happened, I love how we're dissecting this like they're real people. But if you watch what happened, kind of based on a true story, it was based on a true story, but I highly doubt that there was an intricate sister relationship <laughs> like that. But I, I think Dottie had to grow up and she had to be in charge at a younger age than Kit and Kit got to kind of ride that younger sibling coattails. And I think there's a resentment from Dottie that probably never was talked about in the movie, but you have to assume was kind of there. But at the same time, she was selfless enough to give her sister that moment knowing that she was riding off into the sunset and not playing the next season yeah i mean that definitely had to factor in there but hey i mean we agreed on something for once uh may as well roll the tape at this point well before we roll the tape what were the name of the two teams that played in that game oh i don't know that it was the rockford peaches and the racine bells What's your favorite Jimmy Dugan quote of the movie? Oh, man, there's so many. There, there's one. I mean, there's not, but, but there's there's one. no crying in baseball or no, that's the one everybody loves. I mean, that's what stands out. I know you always have an obscure one. That's why I want to know what yours is. And then we will roll the tape. It's when he signs the ball for the kids and the kid walks off and looks at it and says, Jimmy Dugan, don't get the clap. And he <laughs> yells at the kid. It's good advice, kid. <laughs> Hello, hello, 
everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad Trick of Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. This is officially the longest cold open we have ever had. It was a seven-minute <laughs> cold open with us talking about a league of their own. It has been a long couple of weeks. Zeke says my voice still sounds like crap. I am still recovering from coronavirus i will tell you that it wasn't the virus itself that you know has been keeping me down it's the fatigue afterwards i get tired quickly i feel like there's something in the back of my throat constantly so there's like i'll go a couple minutes and not cough and then i'll cough and then i get a headache from coughing it's very annoying don't recommend i mean it's not the worst thing i've had but i don't recommend it it's annoying as hell Anyways, that being said, we're not going to have a long show. I feel like people are going to complain because we're going to spend more time talking about a league of their own than we are about the whiskey this week, <laughs> but that's okay, right? Hey, you know, I, I'm known to have my little tangents and things like that. And, uh, you know, as we've said quite a few times, I get into the rewatchables a pretty good bit. One day, if you, if my uh, producer tags them enough, maybe we'll get a, a joint show or something. I mean, I can kind of... <laughs> You know, talk to Simmons and say, listen, we're both mass holes. Like, we can make this happen. I could work the Red Sox angle, the Patriots angle, the Celtics angle. Like, we could figure something out. I would love to do something with them, but I also think uh, they're way too big for us. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, they replied, oh. <laughs> I want to be like, can we go back and do like the program again? any given Sunday, (laughs) things like that. Like, can we just do an all football movie marathon with them? Because those are like some of the best movies. But I do really like the rewatchables. I think we both are are big fans of that podcast. If you're thinking about like what other podcasts do we both agree on that we listen to? It's definitely that one. Oh, show. All right. So tonight we are drinking Bardstown Bourbon Company Discovery Batch 7. This is something that was released in the winter of 2022. We haven't got to it because Zeke had his sabbatical and then got sick and then I got sick. So for all of our friends down at Bardstown Bourbon Company, we're sorry we're getting to this a little bit later than we should. Now, Zeke, you have to follow me on this because this is going to be very complicated. So I'm explaining this to you now so that you pay attention. So this is sourced from distilleries in Indiana, Kentucky, Ontario, and Tennessee. It is a blend of 7, 12, and 17-year whiskeys. It is 31% 12-year Kentucky bourbon that's 75% corn, 13% rye, and 12% malted barley. It is 25% 12-year Kentucky bourbon that is 78% corn, 10% rye, and 12% malted barley. It is 21% 12-year Ontario whiskey that is 100% corn. It's 15% 7-year Indiana rye that is 45% corn, 51% rye, 4% malted barley. And it is 8% 17-year Tennessee whiskey that is 84, 8, and 8. I was wondering if the 17-year component was going to be Tennessee or Ontario. I actually guessed it would be Ontario because from what I've kind of seen and understand here and there, there's there's some old stuff from Canada that's available pretty readily. Were there um, two different Kentucky products, though, or did I mess that up? Because I just did Kentucky for the first two things, right? It was two different Kentucky products, two different okay, mash okay. from Kentucky for the 12-year. Both were 12-year. 
But this is a lot that's going into this discovery. And it's from a lot of different places. That is, we've talked about this before with Bardstown. That is one of the cool things they do. They're not afraid to experiment. They're not afraid to blend. They're not afraid to throw a lot of different stuff in there. And this is no different, right? There's a lot of different things coming from a lot of different places that have to play well together. The MSRP for this is $140. What did you think about this? For my notes on this one, I have down a few little bits here. I thought that initially there's a corn presence that is very well-rounded between sweetness and also showing maturity and age. Although it turns and gets um, you know peppery or spicy pretty darn quick and i thought that, that definitely um, you know was the main feature of the mid palate i would say it has a pretty good viscosity and in turn that spice from the mid really sits and hangs interestingly enough that does go away and and the finish moves back to uh, a nice caramel linger that even has, you know, I thought maybe some hints of dark chocolate in there without going into too many words and details, but that's where I kind of thought it moved from front to back. I wish the front was a little more of that corn essence that came in or hit, you know, hits the tongue right away. And I would probably dial back if I could the, you know, peppery or spiciness of the middle, uh, but definitely front to back. You get a wide array of flavors, moves a lot. It's pretty heavy and sits well. Pretty darn good pour, I'd say. I would agree with you 100% on your whole assessment. And I'm not just packing it in for the sake of packing it in. What I would say, though, is the nose makes me feel like there's going to be this creamy mouthfeel. Like it's very vanilla and caramel on the nose. Like that spice that's there on the palate is not on the nose. I would say there's a little bit of a discrepancy in that where I'm thinking one thing and then it zigged when I thought it was going to (laughs) zag. The spice for me, it wasn't too hot and it wasn't one of those things that like I was overwhelmed by it. I agree. It's the predominant feature, but to me, it's kind of like, you know, blackened seasoning that you would put on chicken or fish or steak. Like it was a little bit spicier than regular pepper, but it wasn't too spicy that it took anything away. I think it added to the complexity of everything, just knowing that there's different components in there. I wonder if that was kind of the rye aspect of that and the the 15% Indiana rye, but even that you know, it's a 51% rye. It's, you know, a Kentucky rye, even though it's from Indiana, but it's that 45% corn, 51% rye. So there's not a lot of rye spice compared to everything else. I'm just surprised that that kind of like popped out. I wonder if they used a little bit more and dare I say, used a little bit more of that Tullahoma, you know, 17 year Tennessee whiskey that's 84, eight and eight. I wonder if that would have balanced it out just a little bit more. But, uh, I went the other way on that. Granted, I, what's the proof of this? If you said I missed that part. 114.5. Okay, so odds are cash strength. I mean, initially tasting this and knowing it's a blend, my first thought was most blends this day and age have a Tennessee component. At the time when all people were buying stocks, there was a lot available. So you ended up with it. Just it is what it is. And, you know, even to be 84, 8, and 8, most Tullahoma, Tennessee whiskey has a really good rye kick to it even though paperwork says you wouldn't think so. I've never got a huge rye kick on it. Oh, I always have. Mm -hmm. But that that was my first thought. 
That's probably why I went the other way. That what you I never real got a big ride kick from it. I always have right in the right in the mid too. I mean that that was the first thing I thought of. But then when you mentioned the that fifty one percent rye from Indiana being in there as well, I'm like, well, maybe that's what kicked it up. Plus, I mean, you never know blending that. You know, that's the the yin and the yang of the fun and the pain in the ass about it is you can take two or more things that you know on paper should line up and complement each other. And one time you throw them in a beaker and taste it and it's hey, I did what I thought I wanted to. And then the next time it's complete garbage just because for whatever reason they don't, you know, play well with each other. I feel like that's definitely the only thing that kept this from being like, all right, pretty damn good pour to because if that sweet on the front carries to the mid more and you dial back that, and like I said, it's not overwhelming. It's just more than I want to be like the dominant note that sits on the middle of my tongue. I agree with you. It is a damn good pour, but that's totally our style, right? Like if, if y'all like a spicy whiskey and you like that kind of rye spice kick in the mid palate, then hell yeah, you know, go buy five of these. I think for everybody else, go buy a bottle and you're going to be happy. But it is a damn good pour. I I love the complexity. I love what they're doing, trying that different stuff. They did a great job putting it together. And you know what I would say is that it's spicy, but not singy. That's another important thing to say that the spice is there, but it's not so hot that you get that feeling like, oh, I just burned the roof of my mouth. It's just like, oh, got a little pepper. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to eat it to death and seemed like it was more than it was yeah like i just in the front to back of tasting this and everything that pops up that would be my only area that you know people ding because that's what you're supposed to do i guess um if we had to be critical this is where we would be critical but honestly it's not that big of a deal yeah another thought i had and kind of jotted down when i was going through this because you know we've done some blends have another one coming up we'll talk about later i'm sure but, you know, it's kind of the perspective, you know, when you're working with different things and trying to, to blend a, a product, is your goal to have something amazing? Or do you kind of flip the perspective and say, how do we minimize offensiveness to make everything work and just get a good product out of it? Which, you know, I guess it kind of feels like you you might, you're maybe selling yourself short or being subpar. Uh, and that's almost where I would encourage people that have five opens or more because <laughs> most probably do you know sitting on their bar well one night tinker around see what you think would go together and what you wouldn't even if you're just ad lib or you know ad mixing and then just pour them in a glass without measuring i think you'll be surprised what really goes together and then what really doesn't and then you know kind of the nuances and tricks you have to go through to either a assemble Something that you're like, whoa, man, this is my new go-to. Or, hey, I finally got in a spot where I thought it was as decent as any of these are by themselves. I think at $140, you got to be shooting to have a better product and you're not playing not to lose, right? You got to play to win. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was worded the best way, but hopefully the perspective came across better as far as I feel like, you know, you no, you it didn't. yourself up. I'll to, just to stop you. Something. It didn't. It didn't. You're good. <laughs> You're either setting Pass. yourself up to chase something indefinitely, or you realize when you reach a point of being satisfactory, you can say, I'm good here. Maybe that's better spin. <laughs> I just like talking over you. I know. Anyways, 
I think this is a buy from both of us. Do you agree? 140 steep. It, it might depend on the, the day, the week, or the month. Um, it didn't. Obviously, if you're on the fence about it, I would always tell you to go try it at a bar first. I definitely would not hesitate to get this at a bar. And again, if you see it and you're compelled based on our notes and you align with that, then yeah, go ahead and pull the trigger about where I'd go. Fair. I also think that this is going to get better and better. I'm just, I know I'm just totally guessing here, but I just have a feeling. Just a thought thrown out there. We'll play around with it and see what we think. Maybe that's just you subliminally hoping you get better. Oh, we know that ain't happening, but. I mean, one day it's been a rough month, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please hope I get better. Uh, leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee. And thank you again to Bardstown for sending us this sample of this product. Cheers. Ciao.